let's get into it. So let's go to the very beginning of the resurrection. So not the beginning of days or the beginning of uh, life or the beginning of, of the ministry of Jesus, but the story of this resurrection of Christ Jesus. So let's turn our Bible to the book of John chapter 20, verse 1 to 18. John 20, 1 to 18. So we have a bit of a read this morning. I'm also a, a bit in a rush this morning, but I don't want, I will not rush you guys. Amen. <clears throat> I know so. <clears throat> I can't pick that some people can't wait to be, start having their, um, Easter, Easter, Easter lunch, right? Uh, Easter lunch, but we don't have an idea. And someone is thinking, Pastor, please, can you just hurry up because <laughs> you're taking some of our time? So let's, let's take it slowly. Um, uh, just pray with me that it's not going to have part two. Amen. So, <laughs> amen. Praise God. Let's get into it. John chapter 20. You know, what I've kind of done is to get you to hold on a little bit for you guys to, to get to that point in your Bible. So I think I should read from the New King James Version. John chapter 20. Now it reads, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And and he, stooping down, and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen clothes lying there, and the handkerchief that had been, been around his head, I'm talking about Jesus here, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Let me pause here a little bit. When I was, while we're praying this morning, we, I, I led us in a prayer that our eyes of understanding will be enlightened, that we'll have a spiritual revelation and insight about the resurrection of Christ. And, and I think this is one of the reasons why I believe that many people, not having this is one of the reasons why I believe many people conduct themselves in a way that look defeat um that make them look like a defeated people right so i'm I'm trying to jump ahead of myself but at the same time i'm trying to build a flow uh in this service this morning you know i said earlier on that the way some believers conduct themselves is an indication that they do not have a spiritual revelation of what the what the resurrection of christ means or what the resurrection of christ has achieved in the life of every believer so I'll get into a few of those a few of those um, things this morning, you know, about the implication of the resurrection of Jesus, so that we can check our conduct and align ourselves with this good news and this great thing that God has done for us in Christ Jesus. So what I try to call out here in verse nine, I'll repeat. It. He said, for as yet they did not know the resurrection, they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. But Jesus has said countless times 
in a sense that it would it would die and it would, it would be raised from the dead. So it surprises me that these guys did not understand. You know, I was I was meditating this morning while I, before I came to service, and um, I, I don't know what got me into that uh, that thinking. And I said to myself, it will, it's it's going to be a challenge to get believers, Christians, to walk together to advance the cause of the gospel. It's going to be difficult to get many, to get all believers to walk together to advance the cause of the gospel. And I was asking myself, Tony, why are you thinking in this direction? And what came up in my mind was that as many believers, as, as many believers that would like to see the gospel from, uh, from a f- physical and a human standpoint, as many people who wants to uh, look at the, the, the Christian life from a natural standpoint, right? As many of those, as many as we have that, right? People will not have a spiritual revelation of what the word of, of what Christianity is about. Amen. People will not have a spiritual revelation, and when people don't have spiritual revelation of what Christianity is about, you know what's going to happen? We're going to have division. We're going to have different perspective. We're going to have body rude Christians. And when some Christians are living or conducting themselves by what they think in their mind, they will not be able to, you know, live out the Christian life which is spiritual. Amen. I'll repeat that. So the thing is this. I'm trying to use this guy as an example. The Bible says here that for verse 9 of John chapter 20, for as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. But the Bible tells us they read about Isaiah. They read, I mean, Jesus said in the book of, uh, Jesus quoted Isaiah a number of times about the fact that he's going to die, he's going to raise from the dead and stuff like that. And these guys have read the scriptures, but at the same time, they did not understand. They did not know. Right? Until Jesus was raised from the dead, even, even with that, he had to still appear to them at some point and tell them and show them his hands and show them his side. So his hands, the print of the nails on his hand and the, 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 the this, his side where he was, it was, um, um, pierced with a, with a spear, I think, I, I think, right? Where he was pierced. So he had to show them the print of his, uh, the print of the nails on his hands and his side where he was pierced before they could really believe. So to a very much extent, those guys were walking by sight, not by faith. So talking about the resurrection of Christ, one of the things I'm trying to help us understand is this. It takes a spiritual revelation, spiritual insight to be able to conduct ourselves in the manner worthy of the gospel, in a manner that is worthy of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because the resurrection of Jesus Christ is 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 not a mere event. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is not a mere event. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the essence of our Christianity. If Christ was not raised from the dead, we will not have a new life. I'm going to show us a few scriptures to buttress that point. If Christ did not raise, if Christ, if Christ was not raised from the dead, right, we would not have a new life in God. We'll be defeat. We're just going to be at a point of death. I do hear a lot of Christians say things that it's about the cross. It's a one thing that annoys me, right, about particularly my people, or many Christians. What annoys me is how many Christians speak with so much confidence about something they do not know about. You know, I was, uh, I was attending a meeting last Friday and a pastor was saying that, um, you know, the 66 books of the Bible was put together by the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And because I did not want to, because, you know, being a colleague, being a pastor as well, I didn't want to, I don't want to get us into, get into a debate. 
you know, uh, in that meeting, so that we don't look like the pastors are arguing or kind of debating on the word of God. So pastors don't even know what to say. So I went quiet. So I tried to look like the one who doesn't who know, kind of know what to say. But it was a bit shocking because the Pentateuch, the, the word we call the Torah, um, the first five book of the Bible was written by Moses. Right? We have, a, we have the book of Isaiah. We have the book, we have the Psalms, which were written by David and, um, things, I think, I can't remember if Solomon actually wrote in, in, uh, in Psalm as well. We have the book, Songs of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, written by Solomon. We have Proverbs written by Solomon. So we have different books written by different people. For the pastors to say that, you know, 12 apostles of the Lamb put together the Bible was shocking. And he spoke with so much confidence. And he's not just the only one. I've seen many believers who will tell me people have to go back to the cross people have to, because the cross is the thing. People have to... And we wonder why people are not growing spiritually. We wonder why there's so much division in the body of Christ because people will not study the word of God or people will not trust God or ask God to give them spiritual revelation, understanding of the Bible. The Bible is not a book of theology. The Bible is not the book of history of, of mankind. The common thread that goes through the Bible is Christ Jesus. Everything you see in the Bible, what those guys have canonized, I mean, put together in the book, was to tell you from the Old Testament the type and shadow of Christ and to bring you to the point to see how Jesus came, his earthly ministry, and the implication, the significance of his coming, his death, his resurrection, and ascension through the epistles. Amen. So as long as people want to go by their head knowledge, right, they cannot understand many spiritual things in the Christian life. They cannot understand the significance of the resurrection. And that is why many of us will live like defeated fools. We are begging God when in fact the resurrection power is at work on the inside of you. Amen. So I've given you hints to some of the answers there to say the reason why many believers are walking around as people who are defeated begging God and some other kind of sacrificial offering that many Christians are paying so that God can have mercy on them or heal their child is a function of the fact that they do not have a revelation of what Jesus has done for them. Let's carry on, verse 10. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. Verse 11, but Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. As she wept, she stood down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of jesus had lain then they said to her woman why are you weeping she said to them because they have taken away my lord and i do not know where they have laid him now when she had said this she turned around and saw jesus standing there and did not know that it was jesus amen and did not know that it was Jesus. I'm tempted to unpack that one, but let's carry on. Amen. <laughs> right. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, she supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni. I, what I don't know, it was whether Jesus switched his, his tone of voice to the tone of voice he had before the resurrection. Well, clearly we knew things changed about Jesus, right? Because this guy could not recognize him. Hallelujah. Can I, can, and I'm trying to do the service in a, in a short time, right? I've been this morning. But can I be very clear? Can I, can I please be very, very clear? 
Amen. When I'm exercising things like that, you know, I'm trying to control my emotions. I'm trying to control myself so that I don't come out with full fire. Can we just be clear that the pictures of Jesus you see on TV or you see in frame, picture frames around the world is not Jesus. So if you're watching or listening to me and you have one of those pictures in your house, go get rid of it. Because that is idolatry. That is idol worshipping. Because you have a picture of Jesus in your mind. There were no cameras in those times to get to pick, to cut the picture of Jesus. And Jesus does not want us to know him after the flesh, after a particular look. I've had a pastor one time, but that back then it was, I think it was still held in his ministry. He said, have you not seen Jesus? You can't just see in, in, in movies that Jesus is very handsome. Until you get to Isaiah, when the Bible tells you that Jesus was not even looking handsome. Okay, that's another issue that I've caused there, right? <laughs> okay, I'll leave that. But Jesus was not as good looking as the, the models of the day. Did you have in the Bible that Jesus had six packs or was going to the gym? Okay, girls, I'm trying to help you a little bit here. Like the fact that the guy doesn't look, you know, spot on, you know, does not fit into the hairbrushed and photoshopped images on those magazines doesn't mean that it does not carry substance. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let me get back into the spirit. Now, so if you have a picture of Jesus in your mind and on your wall, right, you're going to go get rid of it. Amen. In this generation, as I'm speaking, nobody has seen Jesus. Praise the Lord. So let's, 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 get, let's get rid of those toys. You know, I know there's some churches that will have a picture of Mary, have a picture of Jesus. This is messing up our mind because it's limiting our mind to what we can see and we are not able to listen in our spirit or have a spiritual revelation i don't i don't need to oh lord jesus there's some people say that i've seen and there's so much you know fake news uh fake stories i, I think that's a better way to put it about people who saw jesus so you saw jesus so you saw yes you saw jesus so does that mean you start a ministry around that because you saw jesus what did he ask you to do Amen. And many people, what they thought they saw in their, in their dreams with Jesus is not Jesus. Some of them, they saw the character they saw seen in the movies and they said they saw Jesus. Amen. I didn't plan this, this direction, but let's get the message. Amen. Praise God. So don't forget to, um, even if you have a picture of Jesus on your phone, you want to delete it right now because that's not Jesus. Amen. Um, verse 17. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me. For I have not yet ascended to my father, but to go, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. So John chapter 20 documented that event that Jesus of the event of the resurrection of Jesus. So according to the Bible, we can see that Jesus was raised from the dead. Now, one thing about the gospel is this. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, tells us about, you know, documented the, the ministry of Jesus on earth. But they didn't tell us much about the significance and the implication of his um, work on earth, why he came, why he died, why he was raised from the dead, why he ascended. The epistles, the letters written to the church help us a lot to understand, you know, the significance of the death and the resurrection of Christ Jesus. So I've told us a little bit earlier on about the fact that um, the resurrection of Jesus Christ signifies victory, right? But so let's go into the Bible and see, let, let's go, let's not take some journey into the epistles. 
which is the letters written to the church. So let's look at the church that Paul, let's look at the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. Now, so let's go to Romans chapter four, verse twenty-five. So the Bible reads, "I'm reading from the New King James Version." It reads, uh, "Who was delivered?" Okay, let me take it from verse twenty-three to add a little bit of context. So now it was not reasoned for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. Talking about Abraham, then Abraham in this context, that righteousness was imputed to him because he believed. And the Bible says, it was also documented for us, uh, but also for us, it shall be imputed to us. Talking about righteousness, who believe. In whom, so when we believe in the person who raised up Jesus, our Lord from the dead. So you can read previous verses to get more context of that. But I was just trying to make some meaning out of this. So, and uh, it says in verse 25 that Jesus, who was raised from the dead, was delivered up because of our offenses. That is because of our sins. And was raised because of our justification. Now, Jesus Christ was raised from the dead to declare you and I just, to declare you and I righteous. So we had offenses. We, were, uh, we, we, we had offenses, which means we had sin in our lives. We had a sinful nature, right? Uh, we're spiritually dead. We're unworthy of God because God is holy. God is righteous. God is true. But we belong to the devil because we carry the sinful nature. We are in the kingdom of darkness and we're not worthy of the Father. Right. So, but what Jesus did was that he came to die for us. So the significance or the implication of the death of Jesus was to pay for the pen, pay the penalty for your sin. Uh, John Romans chapter six, verse 23 tells us that the wages, the reward of sin is death. Right. So when Adam and Eve sinned against God, do you know what happened? They received the wages, the penalty, the wages, the reward of their disobedience to God. And that reward was spiritual death, which means spiritual separation from the Father. So, so the Father God, from time, from the beginning of time, has been working out how to restore us back into perfect fellowship, harmony, relationship with Himself. Because the, 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 the reward of the sin of Adam and Eve was spiritual death. So what sin gives to people, what, what sin brought into the world of spiritual death? And it brought all manner and forms of death. Depression, murder, killing, evil-mindedness, all manner of stuff. These are signs of death. These are fruits of spiritual death. right? So in this day and age, when we sin, we keep killing ourselves in a sense. We're exposing ourselves to death. Because the Bible tells us that the wages, the reward of sin is death. So by sinning, Right or giving ourselves intentionally to sin, it's not about uh, whether God will forgive you or not. It's about the destruction or the harm you're doing to yourself. Amen. And the harm you're doing to other people. I'll tell you one thing. Anyone who give themselves to sinning, right, they cannot really hear or see things the way God wants them to see it. And they cannot align themselves properly with the purpose of God. It's not possible. You cannot be courting with demons and unclean spirit and think you can hear from the Father. And that's why many people who are given to sinful practices, right, they start the gospel. Many times they think they are seeing clearly, but they do not. Because you cannot be embracing and romancing the devil and demons and think that God will also be fellowshipping with you. 
Amen. So let's bear that in mind. I felt like sharing that one with you guys. So Romans 4.25 tells us that the death that Jesus died was to pay the penalty for your sins, for my sins. So if Jesus only paid the penalty for your sins, for my sins, and it ended there. Yeah, it ended there. So where do we go from here? Is a question we should be asking. Because the penalty has been paid. We still carry the old nature. So put, put it this way. Jesus died to pay the penalty for your sins. But don't forget that sin is not really about your actions. It's really about the nature you carried. The sinful nature that you carried. Right? We are sinners. We were sinners not because we, we commit acts of sins. We were sinners because we had the nature of sin on the inside of us. And that's why the Bible says that if anybody be in Christ, if anyone be born again, is a new creature. Which means it no longer carries the nature of sin. It now carries the nature of God. Amen. So, let's put that aside a little bit. So, if we, we, we were carrying the nature of sin at that time, and Jesus came to pay the penalty for, for our sins, yeah, the penalty has been paid, but we still remain sinners because the nature is still there. And with that nature, though the, though the penalty of our sin has been paid, but as long as we have that nature, we can be worthy of God. We can have the life of God. We can be called children of God because we still carry the nature of sin. So something has to happen. Things have to be taken much further to take us from having the nature of sin to having the nature of God. Because God's ultimate goal is that you and I can have his nature. You and I can become his children. You and I can carry his spirit. You and I can communicate with him. You and I can walk with him. That is God's ultimate goal. He talked about eternal life. He said he wants to dwell in us. He's going to be our father. He's going to be our God. He's going to walk with us. With the nature of sin we had at that time, that is not accomplishable. That is not achievable. God cannot accomplish, I mean, cannot accomplish union, restoration, walking with us. He can accomplish that with that nature because God is light. God is holy. God is truth. And the nature we had is the nature of sin. So something must happen. There must be a regeneration. There must be a, there must be a change on the inside. Not transformation whereby you move from one state to another state. You know, that one I think I'm, I may have to redefine transformation in the future because our church name is Transformation Church. Amen. Praise God. But that's what you Right. I, something's got to change. Because God's goal, I repeat, is that you become his child. You carry his identity. You carry his DNA. And you can walk in perfect harmony with him. That is goal. So the death of Jesus cannot, the death of Jesus only cannot achieve that. Now, it can remove the barrier. It, will, it has removed the barrier of sin between you and God. But it still cannot fuse you with God. Restore you to the Father. Because you don't look like him. So how did we become... So, okay, two questions in my mind there. So what happened to us? Because as Christians, now we have that nature of God. We look like God. We carry his DNA. So what happened? So let's go to Romans chapter 6. Romans 6. A bit of a read there. I'll read 1 to 11, but I'm going to speed up a little bit. 
Now, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. If any man be in Christ as a new creature, all things are passed away and all things become new. So anyone who is born again who is a child of God has a new life. What brought about that new life? What accomplished? What delivered? What achieved that new life? What brought about the new life? The resurrection of Jesus from the dead. So when people keep telling you that the cross, the Christianity is all about the cross, it's all about the cross. Go back to the cross. The message is all about the cross. It's an incomplete story because the cross is a place of defeat. It was a place where Jesus took a defeat for you and I, where he died for you and I. But he was raised from the dead so that we can... To demonstrate that death does not have a hold on him. And spiritual death does not have a hold on you. That you have been raised from the dead. You have a new life and you've been restored back to the Father. Because the Christian life is a new life. If you don't have the new life, the life of God, you cannot be called a child of God. And you cannot relate with him. You can't worship him. You can't walk with him. Amen. Amen. And when I say you can't relate with him, you can't worship him, you can't walk with him, I'm talking about spiritually. Many people worship God with their mind, with their head. And they, all, they, they know and they will always know that something is missing. It's incomplete. Because to worship the Father, Jesus said we must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Which means you should have the spiritual condition, the spiritual state, to be able to talk to the Father, walk with the Father, do the will of the Father. It's a spiritual thing. It's not a mental thing. That's why, you know, we don't worship God with our mind, with our head. And Paul said, he said, God, whom I worship with my spirit, whom I serve with my spirit, Amen. So where does that verse 4? <clears throat> so I'll take that again. So therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into the death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we, were, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So you can be in the likeness of the death of Jesus and not be in the likeness of his resurrection. Because Jesus did not only die, he was also raised from the dead. Knowing this, that our whole man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with. So his death was, his death was what, to, it was that, so that the body of sin might be done away with. Right? That we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we die with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. So you could die, Die to sin, but you may not live with Christ. God is a living God. Jesus is alive. God is interested in your living, not in your death. Amen. God is interested. God is interested in your living. God is a living God. He's alive. Right? So when we emphasize the cross alone and we don't talk about the resurrection, we're only emphasizing death, defeat. Right? But God is interested in your being alive. Amen. Is your, your being alive with him to be, to live together with Christ, to reign together with Christ is the God's ultimate goal. Amen. But first of all, he has to remove the barrier of sin. He has to get rid of, get rid of or eliminate the nature of sin on the inside of you. Because if that's not taken out of the way, you cannot receive the new life. Amen. 
So take verse 8 again. Now, if we die with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, listen to this, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but... But what? But alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So it's not about just death, but being alive. Amen. Amen. Do I have a living being in the house today? It's about being alive with Christ, being alive to God. So our dominion, our victory over Satan, right, is all accomplished in the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. You know, I have here in my note, I said, his resurrection is the evidence of the new life we have in him. Because if Jesus was not raised from the dead to a new life, we cannot have a new life. Because who we are as Christians was that, is this, we identify with his death so that through our identification with his death, we are, we die to sin. The barrier of sin is removed. And true identification with his resurrection and life, we have a new life in Christ Jesus. We have a new life in God. We live unto God. Amen. So when you know that you have been raised to a new life, you don't cuddle with sin and wickedness of the world. You don't allow the enemy to give you a wrong identity, a negative identity. You don't allow the enemy through people to call you a name that is not your name. So when we say that, when you give your life to Christ, the whole Jew is dead. We know what we are saying. The Bible says that the death that Jesus died to sin, and when we're talking about sin there, we're not talking about the actions of sin. We're talking about Satan, the control, the dominion of sin, the control, the dominion of Satan. So through the death of Jesus and your identification with the death of Jesus, you die to that. You know, sin lost its control over you. Now, But by the resurrection, you walk over sin. You have authority and power over sin. So when the enemy tries to call you the name, your name, when you were still in sin, it is your responsibility to stand your ground to say that was old me but now I am new in Christ Jesus I am a new person in Christ Jesus I am this I am a child of God blessed born of God you know loved by God accepted if the devil tries to tell you that you are good for nothing you tell him to shut his mouth because the new life you have right now is the life of God you are a child of God you are accepted the life of God is in you you reign with Christ you walk with Christ you are alive with Christ I think to some extent, not knowing who Christ is is one of the reasons why we allow all manner of nonsense in our mind. But I want to focus on the, on the, on the power, the significance, implication of the resurrection of Christ. It is your victory. It's your new identity that you belong to God, that you have a new life. So that's why we have to now renew our mind to change the way we think, to align our thinking with our new identity and where we belong, that we now belong to a new family. No one's going to do this for you. No one's going to do this for me. We have to take the responsibility upon ourselves. And finally, our responsibility besides renewing our mind. Many people go about there and go talk about only the death of Jesus. Some don't even talk about it. But if you take your time to read the Bible, even in the book of um, Acts, I think verse one and 21 and 22. Let's go there. Acts 1. 21. I'm reading the, the, from the New King James Version. It said, Therefore, all these men, so, you know, Judas, one of the apostles, 
you know, uh, committed suicide, he betrayed Jesus, and there were 11. And this guy's, because it was prophesied that he will be replaced. So they were trying to fulfill scriptures. And they knew they needed to appoint some person to replace Judas. Watch this. Now, so they con- congregated together after Jesus had ascended. And they said, therefore, of these men, so they selected some guys. Says, therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when it was taken up from us. One of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. Did, did you see that? One of these must become a witness with us of his what? His death? No, his resurrection. His resurrection is the main deal. His death is, his death is important. right? So that's why we don't go about just mourning, oh, Jesus died. We're supposed to be shouting, glory be to God. Thank God that he, he, did, he went through that for us. If Jesus only died, we should be mourning. But he was raised from the dead. That's a resurrection. That's the joy. We rejoice in that, that we are alive with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, I, I took my time to read through, you know, the Acts of Apostles and some other, <clears throat> and uh, the Epistles. And I saw where the, uh, the, the, the Apostles were so focused on the resurrection of Christ Jesus. The resurrection of Christ Jesus. Take your time and watch. You see, you see, you always say things that, you know, and, 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 Je- and Jesus who was raised from the dead. You know, go and watch, go and read the account of Peter when he was given, when he was preaching the gospel. He talked about the guy was being raised from the dead. But I just want to stop here because of our time. What was their witness? The resurrection. To witness the resurrection of Christ. Amen. Uh, probably in future, I'll be able to spend more time to break these things down. I know I just wanted to kind of like charge us this morning. Uh, as today is a resurrection Sunday. To help us understand the significance, the implication of the resurrection of Christ Jesus. And we should get rid of those idols in our, in our, in our, home, in our homes, those photographs. And um, we should try to understand the significance of the resurrection. Understand how it affects our faith, our identity. And, us, and realign ourselves because you are not a defeated foe. You are, you are a child of God, alive with Christ, reigning with Christ, and you should reign. Amen. Praise God.